are listening to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 105 with my guest today, Eric Pedersen from the band Testament. So in this podcast, we talk all about their new album called Titans of Creations. So it's a great soundtrack to pretty much what is happening in the world today with the virus and being in lockdown. Before we go to the interview, I'd like to again thank my sponsors, Musician, Custom Guitar Picks, and Living Music. Now the first song, a great way to start the album, The, the Children of the Next Level. Yeah, uh, it was one of the first first songs that we wrote. I'm not sure if it was the actual first one, but it was definitely in the, the first time that I got together with Gene to show him some, some riffs that I have. Yep. That's one that we put together. It's just got a lot of riffs. It goes, uh, goes to a lot of different places. The lyrics came out really, really good, I think. I think Chuck sounds really good on that one. Um, there's lots of little solos and big solos. and just Overall, it's a good mix and yeah, a good way to start the record, I think. Not too nostalgic, not too thrashy, just, just nice and heavy and good riffs. Yeah, did you write most of the songs on this album? Um, yeah, pretty much. I guess like you know, nine, probably like eighty-five, ninety percent. So music and lyrics? Uh, just I focus mostly on the the music. Okay. Lyrics, you know, I help check out. We help each other out, just making sure the quality. Once I show him stuff that I'm doing, you know, I'll, I'll look for his approval. You know, he's got to like it too. Yeah, yeah. And the rest of the band, and then. You know, vocals too. I mean, there'll be some times where it's like, eh, I don't know. You know, or sometimes where I'm just like, whoa, that's amazing. So, you know, we, we push and pull, mm. but it's only make the song better. Yep, that's right. Now, are you singing a lot more on this album as well? Yeah, I mean, this is one thing on every record. I always do backups. I'll back Chuck up on, on stuff just to give another sound to it. Mm. Um, on this record, I actually do some lead vocals. I sing a couple of the choruses. A song called Night of the Witch, which was our first single, and one of the, the last songs on the record called Close to Solace. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a little, t- you know, different twist to Testament, I think, um, to have, you know, a little bit of some of the, some black metal influence, but still not making it sound like a black metal song. It's just, you know, just that like, little bit of that flavor. Yeah. Uh, makes makes uh, for, uh, for a very wicked song for the Night of the Witch. Yes, that's it. <laughs> And actually, yeah, I watched a, a YouTube video of um, you showing us the, the rhythm parts on the guitar, which is really cool as well. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, how, I like how it changes up. Mm. Solo's super cool. The, the rhythms behind the solo are cool. And it's this whole other little rippy thing that's just, it's pretty cool. And then, uh, the ending is cool. It's, like, it's the first time I ever used... Uh, it's called a theremin. And it's... Uh, 
it's a, a radio wave thing that you control with your hands. Okay. Um, Jimmy Cage is known for using that on, you know, his their their movie that they put out. But yeah, it's a pretty cool, cool thing to have. It's, it it sounds like witches are flying in the sky at the end of the song, so it's kind of cool. Ah, so that's what that is at the end of the song. Yeah, it's called the Fairman. Ah, well, never heard of it. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's been around for a while, you know. Yeah, yeah. I guess Jimmy Page is more known for using it. I don't, you know, yep. I don't know too many people that use it. Joe Bonamassi uses it once in a while. I mean, I've had it in my room, and I was just sitting there thinking, man, man, I should do some Lanny Ball, you know, guitar, tremolo, yep. stuff like that at the end. But then I, I was looking at my camera, and I go, I started playing the, the demo that I made when I was was doing that. You can really control the the pitch and how how you want it to be and continuous. You know, it doesn't it doesn't die out just as long as your hands moving by the, uh, the antenna. You can still get that sound, and, and you know, you just want to throw an amplifier with the source in and get that sound. Yep, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's no, really good. Uh, now, going over to the song "Dream Deceiver," is that? You got the the trading solos between yourself and Alex. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those on this record where we we trade off. Mm. But that one in particular, I think, came out really, really good. It's a it's a good showcase of between Alex and I, and it definitely sounds like the first one's me and the second's Alex. I think you can tell. Yeah. The the difference in styles. There's been a couple of them before the record came out where people were like. Yeah. Saying that out, you know, I think they they thought Alex was playing all of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but that's okay because Alex is known for for soloing. So I was like, well, when the record comes out, then I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, great playing in, in that song. Yeah, it's well, both solos are, are great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no problem. Yeah, I mean, it's just another little another little thing element that we added to Testament that makes the record that much better. I think you know, just something different. Actually, now talking about the song uh, Curse of Osiris, um, now I, I saw an interview how you said that was actually written in the studio. Yeah, that one was, uh, you know, we were pretty much done. I think we were late at night and uh, me and Gene were just sitting there listening to his drum tracks, figuring out what if we need to redo anything or if everything was good. He was getting ready to go. And Gene was like, man, we, I just wish we had one more you know, Thrasher, one more fast song. And yeah. I was just sitting there thinking, I'm like, I have a rip in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we went out there and I think we put it together in like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Wow. We first, you know, just, I said, play a thrash beat, you know? Yep. So I started playing the riff and then I was like, okay, let's punch the beginning of the riff, you know, do some, some simple stabs, whatever you want to call them. I call them punches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we just, you know, we, Recorded it, came, listened to it, made some suggestions. I think, you know, like I said, 20 minutes, we pretty much had a skeleton. And the next day, we just kind of fine-tuned it. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we were pretty excited going home because, you know, we thought we were done. And all of a sudden, we wrote a song in, you know, 15, 20 minutes. It was pretty cool. 
I mean, they're all great songs, but that's probably one of my favourite songs on the album, actually. So I'm glad you, you wrote it. Wow, well, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just ad-lib stuff in the studio. You know, some of the songs that in the beginning, you know, either either they're written at the last minute and they're really cool. Yep. Or they're songs in the beginning that everybody doesn't like, but then they end up becoming the favorites of everybody. Uh, City of Angels was one of those songs that Chuck especially didn't really like that one. And mm. I think Gene was just, probably because it's not fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gene was like, that's my favorite song, but that's like the number one song on Apple Music right now. So it's kind mm. of funny how the, the crowd, I always loved it. I always thought it was something different, you know, slower paced, yeah. really creepy, Gideon sounding song, you know, influenced by Sabbath. Yep. It's sounding like Chesterton, so... Now, how about the the song "The Healers"? Are you doing the main solo in that one? Yeah, that's another great solo. Yeah, that one and "Curse of Osiris." "Curse of Osiris" too. I do that one too. Just mm. kind of, it's about you know, it's just more some little bit of shredding, and then it kind of goes along with the rhythm with yeah. some harmonies, which looks looks out pretty cool. But "The Healers" is a it's one of my favorites. That one's a, I wouldn't say it's so much shredding and, and metal. It's more hard rock. Yep. You know, it's, it reminds me of something, in my opinion, I mean, I could be wrong, but it, it reminds me of something Joe Perry would do, like off of Rocks or Draw the Line, just that kind of bluesy, you know, still hard rock, almost metal. Uh, and then the other one was um, uh, Symptoms. I noticed yeah, Alex had a video for this one showing his riffs on YouTube. So a lot of, lot of weird timing and yeah, yeah, great yeah. riffs. Yeah. yeah, it's a really cool song. Um, it's, it's, it's cool to have some variety and, and differences. Yeah, it's a crushing riff. Really good song. And it, you know, it, it talks about uh, bipolar disorder, mm. the symptoms of that. And you know, that's more of something more, more personal. And it's, it's stuff that people can relate to. Everybody's kind of got, you know, an RD and age with so much going on. Yeah. Everybody's a little demented, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a song that people can relate to, so it's, it's a good song, good lyrics, good, good lyrics, everything. I think he did an excellent job on it. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, especially in these times, you know, it's a, yeah, with the symptoms, it's, everyone relates to this yeah, song. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, the, the timing of it, you know, and then World War Three. <laughs> yeah. All the conspiracies, you know. Yep. So... We're the children of the next level, World War Three, our symptoms, uh, and we'll be healed by the healers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. People yeah. are giving their opinions on what's going on, so they're the false prophets. There's all kinds of puns, you know, Yeah. towards it, I guess. Not puns, but, you know, you can look at it. You yeah. can look at the titles, and it, it, it really seems like it could be at this time. Yeah, it's uh, the, uh, the soundtrack to these days. Good record to stay at home and listen to. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so when when did, you, when did you guys finish this album? Well, we turned the mix in in November. Okay. So, I don't know, like late September, probably October-ish. Yeah. You know, and then we had some shows to do, so we were like still doing shows, and like, I remember going away for a weekend and like, doing some shows, and I, I told Andy, you know, like, 
because we had to have that had to have everything turned in. Mm. But Chuck wasn't done, so I was like, "Well, I'll just do mine later too." Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> at one point it was at one point so much pressure on us that we were just like, "You know what? It's not going to kill it if we, yeah. you know." And and it it messed up the release date. We, we wanted to release a record in nineteen, you know, instead of coming out the end of nineteen, it's coming. It came out in the beginning of twenty. Yeah, and you know. Again, some of the things, uh, some of the lyrics and some solos that wouldn't have been there if you would have just mm. pushed on through and just, you know, it was like, okay, just get a time, just it's good enough, you know. Yes, it was good. it's not good enough. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt to wait two more months. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's what we did, and a couple good good things came out of it. So. Yeah, but thank you very much once again for this. I really appreciate your time. No worries. And uh, good luck with your podcast. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, take care. Bye-bye.